0: Welcome to Another Kind of Mind. I'm Talia. I've been a fan of the Beatles and much of their solo work since I was around 12 years old. I've consumed a lot of media related to the Beatles and have been wanting to create something positive and informative for the fandom for quite some time. So why another Beatles podcast, you might ask? Well, I think that many of the podcasts out there are very good but I feel like there are many topics within the Beatles that have yet to be unpacked and explored. I enjoy the medium of podcasts, because it's almost like sitting in a room of your friends who are having a lively discussion about a topic you enjoy. Now
1: I've got it in my bleeding mind If the Brothers boy, can do it, me and Paul can do it. <laughs> I know we're here. This is
2: John Jagger. <laughs> this is George this. We normally help each other. Oh, wow, hey, how you doing? You love somebody, you can't be with them enough. the Beatles.
1: When you get certain people together, it produces, you know, it makes fun.
2: It's not?
0: The Beatles are still wildly popular, and they are very likely the most documented band in the history of rock and roll. But nearly all of the materials which document this band have been created by a narrow demographic, and I feel that has limited the scope of discussion. The Beatles fandom is so diverse, and I think opening the door to allow people who have different backgrounds and experiences will widen the amount of perspectives within the discourse, leading to a more nuanced understanding of the band's history and music. I've noticed that throughout the years, certain tropes and narratives have persisted that I feel warrant some debunking, or at least a more thorough investigation. That's why I've asked some Beetle savvy friends of mine to help me make this podcast. For me, personally, the Lennon-McCartney songwriting partnership and their personal relationship, both of which are deeply intertwined, has always held a deep fascination for me. It is, at its heart, a love story, equally beautiful and tragic. I have always felt as though the story of their relationship is not told with the sensitivity and nuance that it deserves. The two men are often either pitted against one another, or their affection for one another is framed as lopsided. I'm highly invested in redressing these imbalances in how we talk about John and Paul. Another imbalance I'd like to work on correcting is the reportage of John's origin story versus the other Beatles. It is often presented by biographers as though John is the only Beatle with an interesting backstory and a complex inner world. Also, I think that John's art and his opinions about the other Beatles are often used as a measuring stick by which to judge the other Beatles' work. While I like John Lennon, I don't think it's right that his opinions carry so much more weight than the perceptions of the other Beatles. I understand that this is simply a byproduct of the tragic way in which John was murdered. I think enough time has passed that we can begin to tackle the story of the Beatles, giving equal weight to the other men in that band. I also think that as a human being, and as a musician, Ringo Starr is given short shrift. He is, at times, ignored and shuffled to the side. I think it's a major error to view Richard Starkey in this way, and I think he deserves just as much credit as the other Beatles for being an innovator and a rule-breaker from not only a musical standpoint, but in the way he's lived his life. I think Ringo deserves to be celebrated more.
1: Hello, I'm Phoebe. I want to reiterate that Lennon-McCartney was a collaborative team comprised of two equals. I think the fact that this is a somewhat radical statement within Beatles fandom is troublesome. I don't think it's a radical concept outside of Beatles fandom, but inside the echo chamber, I think we are way too entrenched in the old mythology, much of which probably needs to be trashed. I've been a Beatles fan since my early teens, and I've read the same books and absorbed all the same media as everybody else. But I'm able to consume these products with a healthy dose of skepticism and form my own opinions. And I think Paul is undoubtedly every bit as gifted, innovative, and creative as John. And yet, despite the fact that he's proven this a million times over, the Beatles fandom is still pathologically critical of Paul. As a fandom, we are so internally competitive that we aren't even celebrating the fact that Paul earned a number one album last year. That should be a massive source of pride for all Beatles fans. And yet, the fact that Beatles fans would choose to find fault with that rather than celebrate it is deeply problematic. There still exists within this fan culture a Paul is dead level obsession with tearing McCartney down. And to someone who doesn't feel that need, it's extremely off-putting. And I really think we need to hold a mirror up to this behavior within the fandom and the authorship. Every project of Paul's is unique and comparing them to past projects kind of misses the whole point of him as an artist. And I just think the fandom at large might really benefit from a bit less haranguing from those who don't get it. Maybe just sit down and let people who do enjoy it have a turn at celebrating it. As far as John goes, I love him dearly. And I absolutely think he's a brilliant songwriter and a fascinating, charismatic figure. But I also feel like so much of Beatles' fandom glorifies everything about him. And we need less of that, not more. Because if John is a great iconoclast, it is beyond ridiculous to treat him as an icon. I'm a John Lennon fan who wants intelligent, nuanced deconstruction of Beatles' myths not just othering Lennon as a special genius. Furthermore, I don't view him as inherently powerful, the way the authorship and many of his fans do. I often hear people describe John as flawed, which is essentially meaningless, since literally everyone has flaws. But while people can and do acknowledge that he was psychologically damaged by his childhood, he still refused to connect the dots and accept that this damage profoundly weakened him as a person. So while I don't think we need to harp on John's flaws, I do think we need to recognize that he was very weak in a lot of ways. And I think there is a stubborn resistance to this idea in both fandom and authorship because of the way we idolize our male heroes. But I think we need to take John out of that Superman mold, and just let go of the idea that he's always clear-minded, in control, and behaving and creating out of some abstract, higher purpose, on a level that everyone else here on Earth can't reach. I think this worshipful view robs him of his humanity and obscures the very real struggles in this man's life, and I think that ultimately shortchanges John and it shortchanges his art. And lastly, I think it's extremely dangerous to rely on any one person to unilaterally write the definitive biography of an entire band.
2: Hi, I'm Diana. I too have been a huge fan of the Beatles for my entire life. And while I love their story, Their meteoric rise through the power of creativity, the bond that existed between them, their astounding artistic development, certain aspects of their story and certain behaviors within it have never really made sense to me. And the way it's been told and retold through the traditional narrative hasn't resolved any of my issues. I think this tension can be reconciled by something that Cynthia Lennon once said. After having read a number of Beatles books, she observed that a lot of what's in them is factually right but emotionally wrong. So perhaps that's why the story has never made sense to me intuitively, because no one has cracked the emotional narrative or explained the motivations behind the actions. And so I think our challenge now is to try and get the story emotionally right as well, which means revisiting everything. Also, I reject some of the baseline assumptions that exist in the mainstream telling of the story. There's always been a cognitive dissonance between what I've observed and experienced and what the traditional narrative continues to tell me is the story. I think that many faulty assumptions and tropes exist, but because they're so pervasive and have been around for so long that they're almost invisible now. People just accept them as the truth, but that doesn't mean they are true. I still see them and resist them, and I'm sure many others do as well which is why I'm thrilled to be a part of this podcast. I'm hoping that through it, we can shine a light on some of these issues and inspire reevaluation. And I think this is required because clearly some aspects of the story don't ring true to much of the public either. Because if it did, people might stop asking why the Beatles broke up, but they haven't, which suggests that culturally, we are unsatisfied with the answers that we have been given. Something doesn't sit right because we keep asking. So I think we need to dig deeper and look beyond the surface level reading of the Beatles PR and spin, much of which was dictated in the early 70s and 80s by those with an agenda to elevate one Beatle over the other. Instead, we should examine their actions, words, music, and behaviors over the years to get to some fresh thinking as a Gen X woman who's not influenced by the cultural context of the time, what I can bring to the table is at least a different perspective, perhaps a different kind of mind, and hopefully some new insights that I'd like to share. But before doing so, I think it's important that I make clear what my baseline assumptions are, so at least you know where I'm coming from with my analysis. First, I see Paul McCartney and John Lennon as creative equals, period. I think they're different with different strengths and weaknesses, but equal in terms of brilliance, talent, and depth. They're both genius artists to think otherwise is insane to me. Second, I see both John and Paul as wildly fascinating personalities, who are both worthy of sympathy, admiration, and investigation, which has not always been the case so far. Paul is so much more interesting, powerful, wise, and artistic than he's ever given credit for. And John is so much more sympathetic than the almost mythological character he's been made into. Because when we look at John more realistically, I think a much more charming and engaging character emerges. John himself shared so many of his fears and insecurities with us, which was so admirable. And yet authors refuse to take him at his word and see him and his actions through this lens. But when we do, it changes things. Third, I see Paul and John as the heroes of the story and the drivers of the action. Ringo and George are heroes as well, and I love them both, but I see the Beatles story is largely driven by Paul and John and their relationship. And finally, I believe that John and Paul loved each other fiercely and equally. I don't think either ever lost interest in the other, and I think their relationship remained one of the defining factors in both of their lives for their whole lives. I think the story of their partnership and relationship has been hugely misconstrued and has become very unbalanced now because one of them put enormous energy into downplaying his feelings, focusing on the negative, devaluing their partnership before having the opportunity to revise this position publicly. While the other is almost compulsively optimistic and tends to be positive and generous when speaking about their partnership publicly, a trend that was exacerbated by John's death, And I don't think this dynamic has been properly re-examined in light of this context, which is what we plan to do. So these are my four baseline assumptions, and they are grounded in an almost ridiculous and obsessive amount of research and evidence. And while they may sound obvious, and I think they should be, they're not. When the Beatles narrative is actually looked at through this lens, giving Paul equal billing, an equal agency, and John's insecurities are also taken into account. The result is pretty radical. It's just a different story. And it's one that has yet to be told. And it's also one that we plan to explore. And the good news is that it's such an exciting time to be a Beatles fan, as we have so much access to information that was previously not available. Even to biographers, John communicated so much in the 70s thank goodness, because much of which sheds critical light on his feelings and motivations in the 60s. And Paul, post 80s, showed an increased openness to discussing what went on in the 60s as well. But his 70s remarks are also illuminating and important as well. So again, all of this must be taken into account. Today, there are some brilliant blogs and podcasts that are providing some information and new perspectives that are pushing things forward And I'm hoping with this podcast, we can contribute to this new wave of thinking so that we can eventually get to a more emotionally true story as well. Thank you for listening and welcome.
1: dip into our mailbag of questions that we've asked each other will you be operating on a schedule and how frequently will new episodes be released
0: well we're pretty much going to go with the flow in terms of when ideas come to us Um, factoring time for recording production editing tweaking things we're not really going to run on a set schedule but I assure you it will be frequently updated because we have tons of topics we want to cover.
2: So, Phoebe, who are these jean jackets that you speak
1: of? The jean jackets (laughs) are old-school dudes with ponytails who wear jean jackets and who really sincerely love John Lennon. Okay. Um, I think (laughs) of them... Kind of like the Apple Scruffs, you know, like the mm-hmm. like the original Apple Scruffs. They're like the original like boy version of that,
2: right? Um, yeah, you know, with like ponytails
1: <laughs> okay. and jean jackets, and they're still keeping it real. <laughs> okay, so know? they're they're basically
2: fanboys that actually
1: work for real media. They they may or may not. I just needed a succinct way to refer to them. So okay, All well, right. that's very evocative. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> um, what will be the tone of the episodes? Will it be? academic? Will it be just fun and conversational? What's it going to sound like? My girlfriends and I over a drink? Or is it going to sound like hardcore nerd, beetle, scholarly over analysis?
0: I think it's going to be all of the above.
1: <laughs> right. I was just, I was just <laughs> thinking that too. All the
0: above. <laughs> <laughs> we want to have kind of a balance of the academic and scholarly with the fun, conversational and occasionally thirsty fangirl sort of atmosphere, we sort of want it to feel like you're listening to a group of your friends having a fun discussion about the Beatles. Or, you know, a really interesting and um, philosophical discussion that really gets down into the weeds as well.
1: Yeah, I like that. It's kind of both. I mean, I, I love to argue, so... <laughs> when I, you know, if I'm talking about something that I, I care about, I give it 100%. Mm -hmm, (laughs) even if I don't need to. (laughs) The subject matter does not require me to go that hard. I will, just because I find that to be fun. What is up? How come you bitches didn't say anything about George Harrison? Sounds like you don't like him, and you're you're not paying (laughs) attention to him. (laughs) Well, we
0: do cover George in one of the How Do You Sleep episodes a bit in terms of his contribution to that song and his relationship with Paul, actually. But in terms of covering him really in depth, it's mostly just because we're not really George experts. But I do want to put out there that we are receptive towards having guests who have more knowledge about him and would be interested in coming on the show to talk about different George-related topics at some point.
1: Yes. I would be so excited for that because I, I would like to... Um, I'd like to learn more, and I always like to hear from people who know a lot. Yeah, so, Same here. So, where can I send my comments, suggestions, angry rebuttals, words of encouragement, <laughs> dick pics, etc.?
0: <laughs> no dick pics, please. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> there's just only so many. You know? <laughs> <laughs> speak for yourself <laughs>
2: yeah. okay so where can I send my comments suggestions
0: well we have social media we are on Facebook at another kind of mind pod and we have an email address it's Acom, com that's a k o m which stands for another kind of mind Acompodcast at gmail.com you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at ACOM Podcast.
1: Who will be hosting this podcast? Will it always be these three people? Will there be
0: guests? So we will be hosting episodes together in various combinations, but it'll also include some other beetle savvy friends we have. I don't think women can be unbiased or objective about anything.
1: <laughs> well... I'm, I'm very, very flattered that the president of the United States is listening to our podcast. (laughs) Oh, this is just, oh God, it's just all about the, the feels, (laughs) the feels, (laughs) the feels. We like the facts. But we're into it for the stats. I'm into it for like the fucking who played the fucking tambourine on hide your love away, or
2: whatever. Who the fuck cares about that stuff? I also think the rereading, like, I think that what's gonna be really effective is that when we have clips, like, we actually showcase clips or Mm -hmm. read the articles. Yeah. And we actually show them how to see it from a different point of view. Yeah, it does
0: take emotional labor, and that's something that guys aren't really great at. Like, I love how when we talk about stuff, we don't just kind of go,
2: well, I don't know, who knows? You know, like
0: Like every other fandom author.
2: (laughs) Hey, Phoebe, gross. It seems like you're a McCartney fan. Do you think you can be unbiased?
1: That's funny because that sounds like the same question. Well, considering that Rolling Stones still prints things like Lennon was inarguably the genius of the Beatles, I really am not worried about showing favoritism towards Paul. Don't think that's a real big (laughs) problem. No, no. no. To me, it's not even about favoritism. It's about balance. Uh, you know, it's not about kissing Paul's ass. I'm just like advocating for Paul because well, somebody is, needs yeah. to do it. Somebody has to do it. My God. It's Amen. Like, Paul's life matters, and everyone's like, but You're saying John's life doesn't matter?" No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying that Paul does matter. Right. Paul matters. That's that's literally it. Like, calm the fuck down. I'm yeah. <laughs> just saying he matters, and so he needs to have a voice. And everybody's allowed to have their favorites. That's not a crime. That's kind you know? of part of the fun of being a Beatles fan is that you've got your favorite Beatle, right? Exactly. So I advocate for him and like, not in all cases, I'm usually just looking for the underrepresented viewpoint in whatever the situation is, because we've heard the mainstream ones a million times over. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's fucking boring. Like, I don't want to hear that again. Why, why are we even in this stupid fandom if we're not saying something new, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just listen to Rubber Soul again. What's the point <laughs> of even bothering to do this? There are institutions who, like, all they do is reinforce conventional wisdom. That's like mm-hmm. most of the media about the Beatles. Right.
2: Right. So A whole well- magazine was created around it.
1: I'm not stopping the other 99%, uh, you know, the hamster wheel of fucking Beatles discourse. You can (laughs) go for it. Have fun with that. Look deep inside yourself. And like, if the idea of giving equal time, attention and value to Paul's music and like treating him like an equal artist to John Lennon, if you really dislike that and that really feels threatening to you, then probably go elsewhere. Mm -hmm. it's probably just not gonna work out for you here
2: i think one of the things that we found too is that when we do dig into paul and go below the surface we're hugely rewarded i mean yeah people people are missing out oh my god
0: yes people are
2: missing out on so much with him he's a much deeper more interesting artist than he's
1: ever given credit for you know oh absolutely so that's kind of the point of showing you that. Like, I'm not going to show you the same... Like, Imagine has been repackaged and resold to us 50 times. Like, we know, we're aware of that. It's overexposed (laughs) at this point. So I've got a question for you. So does this mean you guys are trying to
2: put down John or diminish John?
0: I definitely want to look at him with a little more objectivity than has been applied to his story or his behavior or his art even for the last 40 odd years.
1: It's not it's not even about like oh John's not as good as you think he is. It's just that you're sleeping on Paul. That's the main thing for me. Well, yeah.
2: I think too when we've really delved into John, personally, I like the John that we have discovered yeah. better.
1: Right. The human man. The
2: human man right. that had feelings and you know, for me in the old narrative, it was just a big mystery about why he was doing so many things that seemed cruel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when yeah. you actually understand yeah. his point of view a little bit more, I mean, some people may see that as diminishing him, but I like him better. I, right. yeah. Well, he's he's I do too, human.
1: 90% of the time, what I'm critical of, even when I'm talking about John, I'm not being critical of John. I'm being critical of the way John is talked about. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: that's an excellent distinction. That's an yeah. excellent yeah. distinction because when we actually, John told us all the stuff that, the, yes. all of our insight about John mm-hmm. is coming from John and the
0: people directly mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. him.
2: So yeah. that's, that's not the problem. It's people that have misconstrued.
0: Yeah, the reportage has been bad. Right. Yes.
1: It sounds like you guys think that you're like the shit, right yeah yeah well we are the shit. <laughs> we are <Yeah. laughs> first of all no we don't we don't have a preconceived that's the whole point of this the whole point of this is it's going to be exploratory mm-hmm. we're going to go through topics we're gonna hash them out we're gonna debate each other you know we're yeah. gonna we're gonna work through the issues we're not just gonna like tell you what our opinions are yeah we're, we're gonna show you why we think certain ways and if there's another way to view it we're going to look at it that way too Mm -hmm. so we're it's about making the best argument not just making the argument that we like the best yeah for me personally like i'm not like i thought we could write a book but i thought sort of in this the you know the the media landscape being what it is how many people are going to read a book Right. I honestly right. I honestly think right. like we can reach more people with podcasts and the other thing is that with a podcast you know you can, it can a podcast can be Media. multimedia we can we can yeah. get information from books we can discuss amongst ourselves we can use sound clips yeah. from the actual Beatles right.
0: yeah we can use a combination of different source materials and a podcast can be updated in case we find out anything new it's a little more difficult to update a book with a modified opinion or stance on something,
2: we we also didn't see our views represented anywhere. not, yeah. not because they're crazy. Well, they may be, but <laughs> you know, we didn't see them anywhere, and we think that they're valid because we have done yeah. so much digging,
0: years yeah. and years of digging and analysis and thinking about these guys,
1: right. So the point is just to put the ideas out into the Beatles universe and to give voice to these opinions that, you know, we didn't all go to the same kindergarten. We didn't all learn these things together. We met each other after the fact, as we were Beatles fans, and we we talked to each other and said, oh, shit, right? Can you believe that? Why do they keep <laughs> saying that? I know, that doesn't make any sense. Can you believe? Yeah. So I thought that too. I, yes, when I read that, it's because we all had that experience, we've, we realized that this is not an isolated experience. This is an experience yeah. that many Beatles fans have had. And so if we've had them, other people out there have had them too. Right.
0: Yeah. I always keep saying our people are out there. Yes, There have to be others who have all six, done the same thing. All six of them.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree that, that, that I would have been out there. I would have been happy to have heard this. Um, yeah, me uh-huh. too. You know, I felt like there wasn't anything for I mean, there are some really fun, fans, fun podcasts out there. So I must yeah. say it is, it is progressing. But certainly the book world, it has some new entries, but
1: not enough. Yeah. No. And it's, it's like people like Shank, like Shank is not part of Beatles fandom. He's not a Beatles author and he is contributing the best thoughts. Yeah. He, he, he has the best ideas on the Beatles and he's coming from outside the fandom. So that should say something. Right. Mm -hmm. Right.
2: He's not burdened by, you know, the weight of all of this background that everyone else brings to their baggage. Right. Yeah. Right. This right. Beetle baggage. Beetle baggage.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And get- that seems to be a common experience with younger fans.